Hi, this is Danielle Barrich of Hennessy, the Web3 platform where creators and communities can blend and connect over a shared pursuit of innovation, collaboration, and culture. I am here on the edge of NFT, so cheers and enjoy another fine episode, Age to Perfection. Please drink responsibly and definitely keep listening. Hi, NFT curious listeners. Stay tuned for today's episode to learn why Hennessy 3 has done an incredible job of developing their Web3 presence without even launching an NFT. And how today's guest finds a way to keep her grandmother always close to her heart. And how Louis Vuitton is entering Web3 in a major way as its most authentic self packaged into a highly sought after and not inexpensive NFT treasure trunk. All this and more on today's episode. And before we move on, don't forget that our Outer Edge LA event recently returned to Los Angeles March 20th to the 23rd, 2023. You can now catch up on all the discussions, presentations, and more by heading over to watch.outeredge.live and registering with just your email address. Then you'll have access to over 60 captivating conversations and performances. Binge watchers are welcome. Netflix, watch out. We'll see you inside. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Danielle Barich from Hennessy 3, an intriguing digital ecosystem spun off from the iconic brand Hennessy. Daniel Barich, as Hennessy's Web3 Development Director, has spent more than a decade in the luxury event industry, owning her strategist skills to craft unique sensory experiences that resonate with each brand's story. In 2021, she began experimenting in Web3 and took a contract role with Ledger. Working in communications at Ledger and notably on their launch of the Sandbox Ledgerverse, Danielle saw an opportunity to connect her experience in brand strategy with luxury brands and this new Web3 technology, ultimately leading her to her current role with Hennessy. Hennessy 3 is Hennessy's vibrant Web3 platform designed as a melting pot for creators and communities to come together in a shared pursuit of innovation, collaboration, and culture. With their latest project revolving around their exclusive membership community, Cafe 11, Hennessy 3 is set to broaden its horizons. Previously reserved for celebrity partners, Hennessy now aims to leverage this community to further spur the creative process. Join us today as we're going to dive into this fascinating digital world with Danielle. Welcome to Edge of NFT. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, we're thrilled to have you. And I guess you just got back to Paris from NFC Lisbon, if that's correct. That is. I flew in on Saturday. And before that, a few weeks ago, it was NFT NYC. I feel like I'm making all the rounds across the world to these different conferences. And it's been great. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely have you over to LA sooner than later. Got a lot of fun events cooking. But it's been for good reasons that you've been doing the tour. H3, I guess for short, Hennessy's Web3 Hangout spot is where you've blended together creators and communities from all over the world to mix and mingle over shared interests like innovation and culture. Um, certainly, Hennessy has been sort of a very culturally significant brand. So I'm really curious about the backstory on this project, how it got started and what else it's all about. 
Oh, yeah, that's a good one. So our Web3 journey really began with our CEO, Laurent Boileau. He's always been a leader in innovation for the brand and really progressing through the many cultures of the world. And Web3 has become very obviously a new subculture or culture, however you want to define it. So before I was with the company in 2021, he you know, reached out to Ian Rogers, actually. So CXO of Ledger, formerly, I think, Chief Digital Officer of LVMH at one point, and asked, who's a great partner for Hennessy to enter this space? And one of the names was Trevor McFeedries of Friends with Benefits, and that might be a great fit. So long story, lots of conversations there. And this idea of Cafe 11 came to fruition, this idea of mixing 1920s cafe culture across New York and Paris. And then with the 11 being 11 a.m. when our master blender and the tasting committee tastes their eau de vies every day. So a very significant time of the day in Cognac. And that was born and we launched the project in November of 2022. And how this relates to H3 is, you know, it didn't do as well as we thought. And the biggest feedback we got in the Discord, the market had really changed. And we were really surprised as a 250-year-old cognac brand. Everyone trusts us in Web2. They know we're, you're going to experience quality. They know that our cognac is the best in the world. But in Web3, shockingly, we didn't have that same trust. We didn't have that same clout. I think with so many brands with a lot of empty promises, there was a lot of those feelings in the community. And so there was a lot of questions about our comms plan. They didn't see enough communication around it, asking our commitment to the space. And so that was a really great learning for us. And we took that feedback back to our teams here in Paris and suggested if we really are serious about entering Web3, we need to start community first, like we've done in so many other aspects of our business in Web2. We need to create a space where we can have ongoing conversations with thought leaders, with different communities in the space. We need to have an area that we can launch and talk about the projects we're doing, like Block Bar, which we launched a few of last year as well, and then have the socials where we can meet and discuss with our community, grow new ideas, co-create before we're launching more projects. And so in February, we launched the first phase of H3 with our Twitter and Discord as a way to just start meeting and communicating with our Cafe 11 holders, but also new community members. And then we're looking at, at what phase two is going to look like over the next year. Yeah, I love that, that you all sort of went down the rabbit hole, did this customer discovery and were sort of humble enough to listen and learn and to sort of recognize the importance of community first. I guess it would have surprised me too if I was in your shoes, right? Because you guys deliver on your promises. But in a space like ours, I think that importance of that is even more now than ever before, just given sort of the mixed history and the space where we've had some incredibly high value, high utility projects and some projects that really have taken the air out of the room. Absolutely. And for us, we have a way that our comms works. We're a huge brand. We have many sub brands within that. So our different types of cognac we call brands. And as all these different projects are launching, we have one with Alicia Keys right now in Web2. We have many projects over the years with different celebrities and artists. And we often are moving through so much of that so quickly that our comms kind of gets two to three weeks to really talk about that campaign. And then we move on. And so when we approached Web3, because it was mixed in with all of this kind of master brand and all of our other projects, it really got that short window. And what we realized was that was too quick. We needed to build more conversations and really get in there and really understand the community more. So 
I mean, I think we're one of the first brands who've launched a sub brand of Web3 kind of deviant from our main brand without a big drop attached to it. And when we announced Hennessy 3, we had so many people flock to our Discord asking when drop, when drop, when drop, when drop. And we kept copying and pasting the same answer of, we're not doing that right now. We're actually just here to learn, do fun things. Everything we're doing in 2023 is kind of community first. So do not expect some big expensive drop from us right now. We just want to learn and have fun. And so far, that's what we've been doing. I think it's working really well, has been a lot of fun and a lot less pressure. We've learned so much to lead us to new and exciting projects that hopefully will come next year. Perfect. It's one of those secrets lying in plain sight here that's been around for several years. You just need to talk to the clientele, (laughs) have some conversations. Given all of your context here and what you're seeing right now, we're looking at luxury digital assets here coming in the future of Web3. We've seen some already hit the stage and it's going to evolve in its own way. There's going to be some borrowings from the past and there's going to be some innovations in the future. How do you see that evolution of luxury branding into Web3? What kind of challenges, opportunities do you see in the metaverse, for example? And I don't know how much significance there is, but for those that are listening to the podcast, you've got a fun background over there. It looks like almost metaverse I also see like a present on the floor, which is very kind of attempting to be like, is, do we know what's inside that box? But <laughs> anyways, if you're listening, check out the YouTube to see the background. But yeah, let's talk about the metaverse Web3 and this kind of luxury digital realm. I actually think we're not going to call it Web3 for that much longer. I think that at the end of the day, everyone in the space is looking for more mass adoption. It helps us all when more and more people start adopting using wallets and investing in cryptocurrency or NFTs and, and other digital assets. And I think that responsibility falls to big brands. You have the trust of millions and millions of people across global markets and can influence and use that trust to show the mass market new innovations and new technologies. So I think that's going to be the responsibility of a lot of the brands at LVMH, including Hennessy. But I think with that is there's this fear. I think the word NFT, because it's so linked to cryptocurrency, there's a lot of negativity surrounding it in the media and in the mass market. People, as soon as they see those three letters, if you're not in the space, you're a little nervous. Is that for me? And so I think that actually more luxury brands will start adopting the technology, but not using the three letters NFT or you know, using the word Web3, I think they'll use the technology and hide it under kind of more Web2 terminology so that people get the benefits of it without knowing what they're interacting with. Similar to maybe how you use your credit card and no one really knows what goes on when you tap that. And then I think for luxury brands, it's giving a new meaning to authenticity and to ownership. I think luxury brands have always been about owning something that says a lot about you, that adds to your identity, that having something of value and also proving the authenticity. And right now you buy a luxury handbag and you receive a little plastic card that has a serial number on it. And that's the proof that this is real. And that's the proof that you own it and you can lose it. You can destroy it. It's not very permanent. So I think using blockchain and tokens as proof of ownership or proof of authenticity, is going to be a huge part of the luxury market going forward. When you buy a handbag, that's what you're going to get from now on is like a digital passport or digital receipt in some ways it is going to be linked to the blockchain and prove that you own it. And then linking to the secondary markets, which I think are a whole new evolving industry for luxury right now. I also think it's a new way of decentralizing purchasing. So to give you an example, when Hennessy, we launched our H8, 
bottles. So we launched that in January, 2022. There was two bottles out of 250. They were to celebrate our 250th anniversary. And the two bottles were released on Block Bar for about 250,000 each. And this was the first time that a bottle of that caliber was released to the public. So typically the bottles in our rare editions collection are only released in our private apartment to a very select VIP clientele. And this was the first time that it was open to everyone and in a way that a DAO could purchase it, which is who purchased both bottles. And so I think that's also going to be an interesting way of opening up luxury markets to more and more consumers. Yeah, I love all of that. I was in a discussion last week during LA Tech Week about sort of what is going to move the needle in terms of mass adoption. And my point was similar to yours that I think it has to be brands and it has to be a language that relates to the everyday consumer. And to your point, verifiable digital ownership and that connection between the digital side and the physical side of your product is a fantastic use case and something that other brands can emulate as well. You talked about community being the secret sauce for sort of approach to H3 and building that community online. What's actually brewing in the Cafe 11 community? Like, what are those conversations like? And what are the plans for those conversations moving forward? Yeah, I mean, it's been a really exciting community. It's smaller than we projected, as I mentioned, but that ends up being the silver lining because we kind of have our Hennessy kind of OGs or Hennessy lab. Sometimes I call them like unofficially because they've been this community that we can really test and learn with and share new ideas and offer new access to the brand that we've never done before. We threw our inaugural event in our Basel in December of 2022, where all holders were welcome for an amazing 12 hour event with panels, food discussions, and a great after party as well. That was really successful. And we just launched a second one in Lisbon last week. Again, holders were welcome to attend. We also surprised all of our holders with a gifted NFT from artist Pichiabo, who is a street artist, but also does digital collectibles. So that's something we love to do. But the really big piece was we thought, how do we give co-creation to a community? For years, we've done collaborations with artists and celebrities. We recently did one with Kim Jones. And how can we give a community that kind of power to design a bottle that they're going to consume to be able to interact with the brand in a way that has never been done before by any luxury uh, spirits brand? So right now we're working on a Cafe 11 bottle. So our community was given the brief what this project would be. The first step was voting on the artist that they wanted to choose. So we pre-selected um, some artists, one, the original who artist who did the NFT, should they want to continue that aesthetic and through line. And then we also proposed two other artists more in the generative art and NFT space. And the community voted to continue with the aesthetic of John, who did the NFT design. So they'll be working with him in the Discord to share ideas, what they like to see. He's going to kind of figure out his creative process of what information he wants to take from each person, how he can create that into a piece of art that'll then go on the bottle and on the box. And once this art is validated by the community, also our legal teams, to be sure that it's within regulation. And then those bottles will be available on Block Bar to exclusive Cafe 11 holders. So it is a gift with their membership from purchasing that in November and something that they get to design and they'll be the only people that have it. So it's a really exciting project. 
Very cool. Yeah, great example of bringing that digital community to the physical world. How many Cafe 11 holders are there? 484. Nice. So that's going to be really special for them. Yeah, really special. And we love that we get to partner with BlockBar again. So how that will work is it'll be token gated. So you have to connect your wallet, show the case that you have the NFT. If you have multiple, you can claim multiple bottles. And essentially you mint a free NFT that's the 3D form of the bottle. And you hold on to that while the bottle's being produced. What's also exciting about this project is typically on a partnership, it's about a two-year lead time on a bottle being redesigned. In this case, we're able to push it to a year, even less, actually, with by the time the design is done. And what Web3 technology allows us to do is also that we can kind of pre-gift the bottle while the slower process of the bottle design is happening. And then once the bottle's ready, you can redeem and burn uh, the NFT we gave you to redeem and ship your bottle to you at home, which is a really cool process that before Web3, we did not have the option to do. Nothing like a nice bottle of Hennessy to get in the mail. I'm sure it's like wrapped very nicely. And <laughs> there's just something about that kind of a packaging that makes you feel special. When you're looking through the sort of Web3, back to this kind of luxury lens, are you looking around there at, at other projects in the market that you think are work, worth the double take that we should check out or you're inspired by? Project that I was really inspired by, but from what I know is on hold and I'm kind of disappointed because I really want to see what happens is the Barreto Artifact collaboration. That was something announced in, I think, June or July, 2022. Barreto, the perfume brand teamed up with Artifact. They were doing these kind of auras where fragrance connected with a personality. So your clone X could kind of choose a mixture of their personality. It created this kind of aura around them. But then that actually signified like a mixture of fragrances. And then you would get sent your, the actual perfume that was mixed with all the kind of auras you chose. And I thought that was really interesting. I come from a background of a lot more like sensorial marketing and brands. That's what also attracted me to Hennessy is a real life product that you have, you taste, it has notes. I think fragrance has a lot of that too. And so that really interests me of, how do you take a product that you essentially need to enjoy in real life? And how do you add like a digital storytelling element? How do you bring it into Web3 without kind of ruining the essence of the product and the brand? And I thought that was a really interesting approach. But from what I know, it's still on hold. I don't have a Clonex, but I asked friends of mine who do. And I think there's a lot of similar questions in the Discord and community asking when, when, when. So that's one I'm very curious about. And then I think we've all been watching what Starbucks is up to, what Nike's up to, what Adidas, I think as a large brand as well, what they're doing in more of a membership space is really interesting. I think in Starbucks that they didn't use a lot of Web3 terminology and one of the first to not really go down the hard NFT road to sell out their project was something that intrigued me, something I paid close attention to. I think it's no secret that Web3 loyalty is a huge topic right now, along with AI. I think cracking that in the luxury space is a really tricky thing to do without it cheapening your brand. You know, we're not Air Miles here. No one buys an Hermes bag with Air Miles. And so I think finding ways to connect those two worlds in luxury space will be really interesting too. And I haven't seen anyone doing it quite yet. The perfume one, I don't know if this came to you, Josh, or not, but that reminded me of the hot sauce pepper party. <laughs> we made a friend out there. This was a while ago. He actually put it out there. He did something similar to what you're talking about, the perfumes, where 
you could have these different hot sauces, which all these different combinations of things, and you could buy the NFT and then get the hot sauce. Josh actually got one of the hot sauces to enjoy on a, what was that? A, a lobster roll or something? <laughs> we had another episode with a company that was selling lobster as an NFT membership. And then I had to create a new type of lobster roll. So I used the hot sauce. So I sort of induced a accidental collaboration there. But to your point, Danielle, as having another recent conversation with someone about the entertainment space, and we kind of realized that there's a lot of analogies for what you're dealing with, the senses and sort of the core space, but just all types of fan engagement, right? Like he was joking with me that people, yeah, it's good to have broccoli as in terms of independent content, but people don't want broccoli all the time. They want French fries. And I think to your point, you have this really special luxury item that people gravitate back to. They may try other cognacs, right? But they always go back to the one that they have the fondest connection with, like Hennessy. And I think it comes with it a special amount of responsibility and opportunity. So it's really cool what you're doing there. I think the music industry is also really big on our radar with NFTs and Web3 at Hennessy. I mean, we're so connected to hip hop culture as a brand. It goes back very far in our history. We're the most named brand in hip hop. I think we're named in over 5,000 songs and we've never paid for that. So there's a clear connection there. We've chatted with a few different companies doing some interesting things in this space. I think everyone's still figuring it out and how the best way to connect fans and music to use Web3 to give artists more control and responsibility over their own licensing or launching of their music. So that's something that I'm definitely keeping a pulse on as that develops, because I think we're still pretty early, but I think something really exciting is going to happen in the music industry using uh, blockchain and Web3 technology. Are there any additional partnerships or artist collaborations or features that we should be on the lookout for that you haven't mentioned yet? Oh, am I allowed to say? I think there's some exciting things happening, not necessarily in Web3 this summer, but definitely some fun points with Hennessy as a brand and lots to look forward to in 2024. So I would say for people to definitely jump in our Discord and kind of hang tight and play with us for a little while as we kind of release pieces, kind of tease them out over the next six to eight months. For us, we approach Web3 like we approach Cognac. It's about maturation. It's a slow process. It's about excellence. And so the next phase of our Web3 journey, we're taking that time as well to do it right. But we're very excited to share more next year. Cool. How long does it take to make a typical Cognac? Well, the youngest O2V of we use is two years maturation. So, and we go up to some that are 50 hundreds of years that are used in some of our more rare editions. We have some eau de vie that's in our cellars that is from 1810. I think it's the oldest I've seen uh, still in the cellar. And that gets uh, put into our very select high-end uh, cognacs, but our VS is a minimum of two years. All right. So folks just need to sort of sit back and chill and hang out for a little while and enjoy the journey. Yes, exactly. You have questions about blockchain? Like, how big of a block can you chain without throwing out your back? Or if you received that chain letter, how did you block it? And does blockchain taste better, barbecued or deep fried? <laughs> Luckily, you don't have to ponder these quandaries alone anymore because Blockchain Training Alliance is here to answer them and also train you in real world blockchain issues that will impact your business's bottom line and oriented future forward along the ley lines of the most important tech humanity has perfected since harnessing atomic energy. 
you're into those sorts of things. Blockchain Training Alliance is a top leader in the field, counting among its clients IBM, Microsoft, Disney, Morgan Stanley, and many more, and offering a wide array of technical and non-technical courses. Whether you're a computer neophyte training for an incredible career in this new space, or a coding expert honing your skills, Blockchain Training Alliance will help you steer your ship home safely, filled with treasure. <laughs> so hurry and sign up for the Blockchain Training Alliance course that best fits your needs at blockchaintraininalliance.com. Use discount code EDGEOF for 50% off and start your next block today. All right, I think it's time to move on to a very fun segment that I think we will enjoy today called Edge Quick Hitters. This is a fun and quick way to get to know you a little bit better, Danielle. There are 10 questions and we're looking for just a short, single or few word response, but feel free to expand if you get the urge. Are you ready? Yes. All right, let's do this. First question. What is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? Probably so embarrassing, but probably like an Aaron Carter CD or something like that when I was like six years old. <laughs> okay, nice. Is that still in your collection? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I apologize, everyone. My six-year-old self did not have better taste in music. <laughs> okay, next one. Question number two. What is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? This one, I would say my timer ideas. I think from a really young age, I was very entrepreneurial. So I would offer to babysit and try and sell people that I could, you know, redecorate their living room really young. So I would say I was always trying to like sell my time essentially and create a little service business. I love the upsell on babysitting. I've never thought about that. Like there's an incredible upsell opportunity there. Just hanging out in your living room. It's true. I'd go around. Yeah. Notice the place was a pit here. <laughs> go around to the neighbors. I can watch your kids. <laughs> There you go. That's great. Yeah. The best is if you get the kid involved, right? I've got your kid moving the furniture around. They're being productive while I'm babysitting. Yeah. Design some new meals the kid loves. And then, oh, I can make those for you. <laughs> That's how my brain thinks. See, even at a young age, I always thought so everything is a business opportunity that I could do. So, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. What is the most recent thing you purchased? More ETH because my ledger was dead and I needed to mint NFTs on my MetaMask, which didn't have any more ETH on it. There you go. Can you say what you minted? Is that allowed? Yeah. So at our event last week, I minted a open edition NFT we offered from Obey and Bills. One of their pieces they did together, Shepard Ferry called us a few days before and said he wanted to be involved. And that was the, the gift to anyone who came to the event and the conference. And so, of course, I minted one. And that was what I needed ETH for. Yeah, very cool. And what is the most recent thing you sold? Hmm. I honestly have no answer for that one. I don't sell things very often. <laughs> I guess technically you sold some ETH to do your mint, but more of a swap. So yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't know if I'd call it selling. And all my NFTs I keep, ones I've bought in so far. So maybe I guess again, my time or I've I feel like I sell Hennessy 3 to the world every day and share what that is. So Hennessy, let's say. Selling your passion. That's great. Nobody called Danielle for babysitting. She stopped with that, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moved on. All right, next question. Question number five. What is your most prized possession? Oh, that's an easy one. The necklace I'm wearing. I know people are listening to this, but it's my grandmother's. And it says, plus moins que demain in French. And it means I'll love you more than yesterday, but less than tomorrow. And she was a pretty cool woman and 
no longer with us, but I wear it every day. Beautiful. That's a great one. Next question, number six. If you could buy anything in the world, digital, physical service experience that is currently for sale, what would it be? That's an easy one in a different roundabout way, but there's an apartment in Paris I'd love to buy, mostly because I want to play around with AI and interior design as like a little sub-passion project. (laughs) And I think it'd be really fun to buy a old wrecked apartment that hasn't been touched in 80 years and use AI to redesign it and see how far you can take the new tech. But that's something I'd love to do. <laughs> okay. Now we got to just, we just go go on like a two second tangent here. Is there specific AI design tools that you know of that you can share with the listeners that might be interesting? There's a, a site, Interior AI. There's a few other ones. I can't remember the name. They all are not quite there. So, you know, people develop it. But I think mid-journey, I've played around with a lot, throwing some images in. Of course, it kind of warps rooms, not quite there. Interior AI seems to be pretty close, but I think there's probably more that I haven't discovered yet. Or in by the end of this podcast, there'll be a new one out that someone has used the API to create. So I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, fun stuff. All right. Next question, Josh. Yes. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be? Mm, that no job is too big or too small. So doing whatever it takes. I love that. If you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would it be? Imposter syndrome. I think more people need to get rid of that, including myself. Oh yeah. It's a tough one. All right. Next question. Question number nine. What did you do just before joining us on the podcast? Oh, not very glamorous, but working on the contract for the artists that was chosen for Cafe 11 community bottle. I have to just finish drafting that up so that they can get co-creating with the community, hopefully this week. All righty. Drafting contracts, getting business done. No job is too big or too small. Next question. Final question. Number 10. What are you going to do after the podcast? Well, it is 11.15 here in Paris that night. So probably check in a few Slack messages and go to bed and wake up tomorrow to keep working on Manasi. All right. Sounds about right. Keeping busy, getting things done. Seems to be a little bit of a theme here. Well, that concludes our Edge Quick Hitters. Thank you for participating. Hey there, NFT Space Cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com It's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe, It's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. 
That's right, this full service soup to nuts, end to end, whole enchilada NFT service can help you. Yes, you, Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. Okay, now it's time to check in on swoops. Yes, this is our fun new recurring segment where we own and manage our own Web3 digital basketball team brought to us by Swoops. Swoops is a blockchain powered basketball simulation game that allows users to own and operate a 100% unique team, enter real money contests with their squads and win daily cash prizes. It's great to be involved with the project. They're doing fun and new things now with the next season. So the previous season was called the SSN one SSN zero season. We're now in the SSN one season. Personally, our team, we've actually got a few new players. Things are getting a little bit better in terms of our pickings. We got some four-star player on our team where we had just a few one-stars and maybe one five-star. And so we've got some better players on the system. And we're still got our eye on this idea of trading and trying to explore exactly how we want to do that. But it seems like trading can be as simple as just kind of going to open sea, finding some cool players and taking your pick. So I thought it'd be fun to go through some of the Twitter posts out there and on the Swoops channel and see what people are trading. Interestingly enough, we've got this former Boston blockchain is one of the greatest winners and most dominant defensive presences that we've ever seen. This is Bill Russell High. He went for 1.3 ETH. So people are getting generous here trying to snatch up the best player. So we missed out on Bill Russell High. We also missed out on Kovan Bridges. I guess if we wanted to like maybe pay a higher price point, we could offer it. Kovan went for slightly less. Elite distributor Kovan Bridges is on the move to the Hive for 0.58 ETH, which is around a thousand bucks at the time of trading. They're saying everything you'd want from a floor general passing IQ leadership will completely change the complexion of the new squad establishing a selfless culture on the court. A lot of interesting stuff going on. And also MVPs are climbing the ladder here in week three. Swoops announced DGen King, Darius Gearland, and Larry Password are doing some pretty good numbers here on the court. DGen Kings of the Knights of DGen. Darius is from the Metacorp Miners. And Larry Password is from the Switch Beats team. I like that. Larry Password. Very plain, but powerful. <laughs> so a lot of cool stuff going on. We got to get our hands dirty and do some trading ourselves. Also want to alert people of this sort of swooper points system that's going on. So just for your info, team points are earned for both activity, playing in games and performances, and for example, winning games and tournaments. And why they matter is you enter into a seating in the end of the season swooper bowl that is determined by the swooper points. You can earn them by playing five games a day, winning a tournament, completing weekly team challenges, winning 25 games a week, for example. Get in there if you are involved and get your points earned. That's how you do it. Just make sure that information's out there. And then we also want to remind people about Swoops GM. It's for those interested in this whole thing, but haven't taken the plunge yet. 
It's a free-to-play version that you use real NBA players and you use them to practice your team-building skill before actually jumping in. It's a daily NBA strategy game. You think of it kind of like Wordle for sort of digital strategy basketball. And there's a new team each morning and you can sort of play against them and see if you can be build the best team against who's on the block there. And it's a lot of practice for how you build your own team. So that having been said, I think Josh, you're going to show us a little bit about play that GM. And also here's what it's going to look like once you're actually playing the game and you're in, let's check out what you got to share there. Yeah, let's do it. So this is pretty exciting. We're in season two, as you mentioned, Ethan. And yeah, we're playing along and our team's doing solid this year. So it's pretty simple to join a team or to play a game. I'm just going to click join. I chose five swoopsters because we have a full stack here. Now I get to choose what players to go with. So obviously our top dog, Tron Stockton, he always plays guard. Then I have a choice of another guard, and we have a couple strong guards and some guard forwards. So I'm going to go with 2792 this time. And then for the forward position, it makes sense for us to go up with uh, 2794. And then let's see, to round it out, I think I'll go with Chris Polytron, our two-star forward. And then we have one center right now. So I'll talk a little bit of strategy in a moment there, but for now, I'm going to put our center forward and submit the lineup. And we are competing against, let's see, SWF, the Swooper Friends. So look out, guys. I'm feeling pretty confident about this game. If you look at our leadership board and you sort by wins, I'd like to point out that we are hanging out there we are about in the sort of 80s range right now. I'll find this stat in momentarily, but basically we're in the middle of the pack, but we're getting better this season. Definitely above that 500 mark. I'm sorry to say, I think I know why you couldn't find us, Josh. I think we're at 190. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. But we are sort of above that 500 mark. I think with a little bit more games this year, we'll get there. I'm pretty confident in our skills this year. There's 228 teams so far. We're at 189. Oh, we've lost some games since I last checked. So maybe we do need to do some trading, Ethan. And if I was going to sort of guess, I'd say that we probably want to look at some of our one-star players. It might be time for them to sort of hit. It's so hard open. to let them go. We've just grown so accustomed to them. We like hanging around. Listen, they've got a good sense of humor. You know? <laughs> you know what? It's time for them to hit open C. That's what it comes down to. And then I expect some more victories ahead. So don't count us out yet, guys. There you go. All right. Beautiful. Thanks a lot for checking out this segment. We hope you guys get in the mix and we hope you're not among those that beat us. <laughs> but you know what? If you do, that's okay. Make sure if you're not involved yet, go and check out the GM challenges. That's really fun. GM.playswoops.com. Anywhere you see to put in a promo code, that's Edge of NFT to make sure that we're on board with everything you're doing there. And encourage you to go over to the socials for Swoops and post your activities, stuff like your lineups and tag us when you go over there to Twitter. And the Swoops Twitter is just at PlaySwoops. Have fun out there. And you can always go to playswoops.com to really get started and get your plan together. You can go over to OpenSea to get your players 
and pick them up as well. And you know what? A couple of our players might be out there. You can see if you can do something better with them. I guess we probably have a little bit of time for our hot topics. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, let's see what we got going on there. All right. Number one, so Louis Vuitton is to sell $39,000 in NFTs. Amid a quiet year on the Web3 front, Louis Vuitton is getting further into the NFT game. Today, Brand is announcing a new collection of digital treasure trunks, which will grant owners access to future products and experiences, as well as a community of fellow holders. Each piece costs 39,000 euros and only several hundred trunks will be made available. Danielle, what's your take on this? Well, I think it's so exciting as part of the LVMH family to see another brand entering the space. We've been, all the other Maisons, I think, have been waiting to hear what Louis Vuitton was going to do. So it was fun to see the announcement the other day. I think it's the right strategy for them. They're a super luxury brand, very different than maybe Hennessy's consumer. I think that's what's also so interesting about luxury brands. There's all different types. We have a product that goes from $48 up to a million dollars, whereas Louis Vuitton, all their price points are quite high. So I think for them doing anything in the NFT space at a lower price point would have devalued the brand. I think they needed to go this exclusive. I think tying it to the trunk is amazing because you get the physical one too. So it's not just a 3D case. And typically those trunks, I mean, the smallest ones start at 14,000 euros. So you're pretty much getting the value of the physical product right from the get-go. And then like they've announced the first I think, key to the next experience, the next product comes with Pharrell's first collection, which I think will be amazing. And there'll be some exclusive products there. So I think it's a great project, maybe a little biased, but... Yeah, that sounds fun. There's that kind of fantasy idea of having like an awesome trunk full of cool stuff to sport. It says the NFT launched part of a new project called Via, the Latin word for road, which nods to its aim to act as an elite pathway towards products and experiences that are inaccessible to others. It says become a key trend in branded NFT projects with hard to acquire and expensive NFTs often positioned as the keys to other products and experiences, both physical and digital. Brand sees Via as a new chapter, which extends to traceability as seen in the LV Diamonds collection, which uses the Aura blockchain and event-focused NFTs that cultivate and reward communities of NFT holders. Yeah, I mean, I love it when anybody, no matter what brand, is taking full advantage of the breadth of things that you can do through NFT technology, be it membership, ticketing, access, traceability, all of these kind of things that are going on behind the scenes. It's, it speaks to exactly what you said, Danielle, earlier about we call it NFT, you call it a Web3, whatever you want to call it, it's kind of here to stay and people are going to be utilizing it because you can't, right? You might as well use it when you want to use it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of special parts of this project that you can tell there's been a lot of thought put in, right? For example, the soulbound collectible element of it, that this is sort of permanent on the blockchain that you were the original owner. I think that's really cool. I also think it's really cool that you're getting these additional gifts over time. So it's an opportunity to sort of maybe share those gifts with others or de-risk from the original cost that you purchased, right? Similar to what Gary Vee did with the gift goat. No one knew what they were going to get. And those gift goats went up in, in value a lot. Obviously, I think the challenge with something like this goes with the sort of element of exclusivity with sort of those in the Web3 community that are trying to democratize finance and they look at every project in Web3 as a mechanism for that. 
that's not going to be every company, right? Louis Vuitton it doesn't fit that. That's not what their brand is all about. It doesn't mean that they don't believe in that mission, but it's not a fit for them. I think there's other brands that can sort of do something like that and appreciate sort of Louis Vuitton sticking to its heritage and it's what's authentic to that brand, which may not be a fit for everyone. But then again, not everyone buys Louis Vuitton, right? So that's okay. And would you want it if it was available to everyone? I think that's also like what makes Louis Vuitton work is there's that level of scarcity, which is also really in common with the Web3 culture and NFTs. That's not something new. I'd say, I think our goal with blockchain and crypto and NFTs was this idea of decentralization and inclusivity. But I think we can all get real. That didn't quite come to fruition. There's still been a lot of very high priced assets out there. For this, it's very exclusive. So it's kind of by invitation or a small whitelist. So there is the opportunity to get on the whitelist and have the opportunity to purchase this. But I think, like you said, this isn't so different from their Web2 strategy. Already, you have to be a fairly like high spending clientele to be invited to try on exclusive collections or see products first. This is kind of a new way of proving that instead of your name being on a list in a computer. Yeah, makes sense. Should we do another, Josh, or should we move on? What do you think? Sure. I think we can do one more. All right, let's do one more hot topic. Let's hit the Kraken NFT marketplace, launching with support for Ethereum, Solana, and Polygon collections. Cryptocurrency exchange Kraken officially launched that marketplace out of beta testing, supporting over 250 NFTs across the Ethereum, Solana, Polygon blockchains. They launched a public beta version in November. Initially, it offered support for a curated selection of 70 NFT collections on Ethereum and Solana. And as part of its public launch, the platform has pledged to include not only blue chip projects like CryptoPunks and Board API Club, but also more affordable collections that can be bought for under $100 value. Some of these exchanges have launched their NFT marketplaces in the past several months, years, maybe. It's interesting. I'm actually surprised to read it. I've not been keeping track of Kraken and what they've been doing with their NFT marketplace that tightly. So maybe I'm a little surprised they haven't had one yet. <laughs> what do you think, Josh? You know, I'll say, look, certain other changes make the news more frequently, such as Coinbase and Binance. But Kraken's been there doing their thing, providing services to a good and growing segment of the market for quite some time. When it comes to sort of an NFT marketplace and exchange, I don't personally fully understand the use case, but I do appreciate they probably have some crypto users that want to dabble in NFTs and are very comfortable with their platform. So giving them the opportunity to stay there and do those types of things makes sense. I also just think it shows forward-lookingness, a company with sort of bridging the different elements of crypto and Web3 together. It's happened quite a while after the Coinbase NFT marketplace. So I'm hopeful that they have taken stock in terms of what worked and what didn't work there, and that this can be a nice added value for those folks that do use Kraken. I am one of those people. I do find it to be a useful marketplace. It checks all the boxes for me and I think it's one for folks to check out and maybe this will attract some new users. I mean, I can't say that. I feel like the octopus is my spirit animal. So I have a certain love in my heart for the name Kraken. And once I, I didn't really know what it meant till I looked it up, but a gigantic tentacled sea monster of Scandinavian myth. I'd like to know how they picked that. <laughs> but yeah, it's, they're clearly doing something special. 
They stayed afloat. They've kind of kept abreast of everything else that's going on and they're continuing to drive forward. And I think it adds a little bit of support to the whole community here of saying, hey, you know, even though NFTs is something that, as we kind of alluded to earlier in the show, you know, maybe it's something that's not so popular right now. They're saying, well, it's important enough to us to do something like this. All right. Should we move on from that? Let's do it. Let's hit the next one. All right. And right now we want to do a shout out segment here with Danielle. We understand you might have someone you'd like to shout out. Who would that be? Well, I think wrapping up our event in NFC Lisbon last week, we worked with Ephraimal Eternal, who works with Bills in his studio and represents a lot of NFT artists kind of focusing on this bridge between physical and digital. And we have worked with Bills and their team in a different capacity as a brand before doing a few different collaborations on our bottles with some of the various artists in a physical format. And this was our first time being able to continue that partnership bridging into this more digital world with these NFTs that we gifted people who came to our event, but also our Cafe 11 members. And so they were an amazing team to work with. We loved collaborating in this way and continuing kind of our brand DNA of really supporting artists, being part of that new and upcoming cultures. Not that street art is new, but moving it into the NFT space is definitely something we've only seen the last few years. So I'd say shout out to them because I think what they're doing with their artists is really amazing. And the event was a proof of that. Beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. It's always good to bring something onto people's radar through the shout out. So thanks for that. That's kind of officially leads us to the closing here. But before we wrap up, where can listeners go to learn more about you and the projects you're working on? Best place to go is our Twitter. So it's H3NSY and C3. On our Twitter, you'll find a link to our Discord. Jump on in. There's so many exciting things happening and more that will come over the next year. If you want to join Cafe 11, you can do so through the secondary market on OpenSea. Again, go to our Discord for the official links so that you're sure to click on the right link there. And you can also find us on Instagram at Hennessy, which is more of our Web2 kind of socials. But we do post about exciting things we're doing in Web3 there as well. And those are the best places to stay tuned on what's coming next for us. Well done. You had all that tip of your tongue. You must have done this before. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to remember everything. <laughs> all right. Well, we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. Thanks for everyone for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends, recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now. Rate us. Say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Look us up on all major social platforms by typing edgeofnft with no spaces and start a fun conversation with us online. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great Web3 content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.